Okay, icebreaker question, Sydney. Very important question. How do you feel about clowns? So I'm not that scared of clowns. I don't like them, but I feel kind of, I don't know, they're so like misguided. Like they're trying to bring joy to people, <laughs> but they just like terrify all of the, like almost everyone. Like I haven't met someone who genuinely sees a clown and is like, wow, like that made my day so much better. So <laughs> I think the clowns need to be like educated on what, like, I don't know, like how to make people laugh in a non-scary way. I don't know. I like that. I don't like, I don't like clowns personally though. That was so gracious. Like, I think they're just misguided. <laughs> These poor clowns. <laughs> they need a little guidance. Me too. Okay. Hey y'all. Welcome back to BCM in the AM. I'm here with Miss Sydney Bennett today. She's going to share her testimony. So super excited about that. Um, Sydney, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Sydney and I'm a sophomore at UT and I'm studying nursing. Awesome. And you also, um, you're on leadership at the BCM. So yes. tell us what you do there. I'm on uh, the missions team at the BCM. And I'm, um, yeah, involved with all the mission stuff with um, our volunteering at Montgomery Village at their Baptist Center. Yeah, super fun. Yeah, Sydney's super faithful and serving with In and Outreach, so we're super blessed to have her. Um, all right, so first question today is, um, where are you from and how did you get to UT? Yeah, I'm from... Um, Nashville, Tennessee, just a little bit south of Nashville and Brentwood. So I'm in state, just like three hours away. And I grew up, I never wanted to come to UT. Like mm -hmm. it was the last <laughs> place on my list of places to go. Um, I really wanted to go out of state and just, you know, try something new, have a different experience. Um, Cause like the majority of people at my high school went to UT. And I was like, no, like I want something different. Mm -hmm. um, which obviously that didn't work out, but um, yeah. So my junior year of high school, when I was looking at schools and touring places, I um, toured uh, Kentucky mm -hmm. kind of randomly, but they had a program I was interested in for like health science. Um, and so I went up and toured with my dad and it was just that feeling of like, I don't know, like I just fell in love with the campus. Like people kind of talk about that feeling sometimes at the school that they're at. And I was like, this is that feeling like I, I had it at, at Kentucky. Like this is where mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be. And um, I knew it would be hard because it was out of state. So it was like a lot more expensive than in-state school, obviously. So I made all these plans. Like I've always been a hard worker in, in high school and stuff. I was really like, I don't know, just driven by that. Like if I, you know, work really hard, then I can, you know, get what I want or, you know, get the results that I want at least. So you know, I worked really hard applying to a bunch of different scholarships, all the programs I wanted to get into, all the things. Um, and uh, I think it was like kind of late fall, winter of my senior year. Um, that's kind of when the results start coming back for colleges and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, I hadn't gotten what I needed to go there. So mm -hmm. um, I hadn't even gotten in the program that I wanted to get into, actually, like the major my application hadn't even been like submitted correctly, which like is totally wow. a work of the Lord. Like I had been on the phone with advisors so much. I was like, there's no way that this, you know, could have happened. Like I, you know, I worked so hard, like why God is this happening? Like it felt like such a good plan. Like I had made all these, you know, amazing, amazing plans to serve you at Kentucky. Like, why is this happening? 
Um, and I had applied to Tennessee, even though I didn't want to go there, <laughs> just kind of have a, like a backup, but I had kind of laughed about it. Like, there's no way I'll go to UT. And suddenly UT was like my best option. And I was um, pretty devastated because it had just been this thing that I didn't want for so long. So I was dealing with a lot of anger and bitterness and just sadness that this dream that I had had for so long was, you know, definitely a door slammed in my face. It felt like, so, you know, I made plans to come to UT. Um, and it was actually like, I think it was like May 1st of my senior year. Um, I got a call from UT and I actually, um, got into a program that I had been like rejected from months and months and months earlier, mm. um, that I was actually really interested in. Like, it was one thing that I was like, Oh, like if I did that at UT, maybe I would be interested. Um, and so I was just kind of blown away by the Lord's goodness and that like, I had been like so bitter and so upset about how things had turned out, but he had something so much better for me. So that's just, it was a total picture of the gospel for me and that like, you know, just like we're chosen to, you know, become like one of God's children and to like experience those blessings. He also, you know, you know, gave me all the blessings at UT that, you know, above and beyond what I could ask or imagine. So that was a difficult thing at first, but has turned into a really beautiful thing. And I'm so glad to be at UT now. So, yeah, yeah that's awesome. It reminds me of, um, I don't know if it's in Proverbs or Psalms, but it says man makes his plans, but the Lord directs his steps. And yeah, um, so it's not like we're not supposed to plan. Like I, mm. Christian waiting is an act of wait. You know, I've been I, I've been saying that a lot lately, like um, in like in the Old Testament, in places where it says to like hope in the Lord, like uh, some another way to translate that is like to, to say wait on the Lord. So like as you're waiting, you're hoping mm. and um but like, you know, you make your plans and trust that like God holds your tomorrow, no matter if your plans work out or they don't. You can yeah. trust that like he's sovereign enough to reroute you if he needs to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe shipwreck plans that yeah, he doesn't want. Way. Yeah, he will yeah. have his way in your life. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're just trusting in him. Like, so that's just mm -hmm. that's a really awesome yeah. testament to that. Um, that's cool. All right. Question numero dos. Um, tell me about how you came to faith in Christ. Uh, we talked about this question before we started recording, yeah. but, um, if there was one moment, but also, you know, other moments throughout your life where you've seen the Lord's redemptive hand on you or just crossing from death to life, you know, big moments in your story. Um, as I've been thinking about this episode, I've been drawn to Psalm 107, um, in the NIV version, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. And then verse 2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. And then it goes on and talks about all the different ways that God can and has and will redeem and save people. But um, the ESV version of, of this says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And so I just, I just love that. It's been such an encouragement to me to share my testimony, even, even parts that are hard sometimes. Um, but yeah, today, Cindy's going to tell her a story. So tell us about how you came to faith in Christ and what he's done for you. So um, when I was in 
fourth grade, I was struggling a lot with um, fear and anxiety. I don't think I really would have called it anxiety then. Like I just was scared a lot of like everything and really worried. Um, kind of my whole life I've been like that. Just, I don't know, like a very nervous person. Like I worry a lot. Um, but at that age, like in third and fourth grade, especially it was like just really bad, especially at night. Like I was super scared of the dark and really scared of being alone. Um, so whenever like, you know, my parents would come to like say goodnight to me, um, or whatever, I would just completely panic basically have a panic attack like every night mm -hmm. um, and just not be able to sleep. Um, and yeah, it was a really, you know, difficult time. Like it ended, I guess, like it just got so bad to where even when I woke up in the morning, I would just, I would just be filled with dread because I knew mm -hmm. that at the end of the day, I would just feel that horrible, like panic and fear again. Um, and I felt like no control over myself. And I was, um, always been kind of a control freak. So I hated that too. I just felt like I have these irrational fears that, you know, I know like something bad isn't going to happen to me. Like I grew up in a safe area. Like I had never experienced anything really scary, I guess, but it was just, um, those irrational fears that I couldn't control that kept, you know, knocking me down again and again, it felt like. And so, um, I was experiencing that, um, really afraid all the time. And at the same time I had, um, some amazing Sunday school teachers um, at church who really um, were different from, I guess, a lot of other like children's ministry leaders I'd had um, in the like previous to that, because they like they cared about teaching us the gospel a lot. Like they treated us like adults, like we had, you know, serious discussions about like what Bible passages meant. Like they wanted to hear our thoughts. They wanted to share with us. Um, They're like, the best people ever. They're still, um, I'm still close with them, but, um, as I was learning a lot from them and just, um, yeah, experiencing a lot of fear, I started having a lot of questions about what it meant to be a Christian, kind of how that changed things in your life. And I'm blessed to grow up with, um, parents who both know Jesus. So my mom, um, had been talking to me too, like, do you want to, do you want to ask Jesus to come into your heart? That's always how she would say it. But like, do you want to know Jesus? Like, cause she knew, even if she didn't really know how to help me in like every way with, you know, these crazy um, feelings and panic that I was experiencing, she knew that Jesus could save me. So, um, she, you know, she would ask me that and I would always say no. Like I, I just didn't feel like I was ready. I didn't feel worthy mm -hmm. of it. Um, I didn't understand it fully. So, you know, all that kind of came together. Um, one night it was, a very similar night to like every other night I was panicking, crying, um, having all this, um, worry and fear. And my mom asked me, um, like, do you want, do you want to know Jesus? And, um, I truly believe God gave me the, the yes to say, like, it yeah. didn't feel like I had said anything. It was just like, it just came out of my mouth. Like there was nothing else I could say in that moment. Like I mm -hmm. just hit rock bottom and I just immediately felt like the most amazing piece, like, like I knew that's what I wanted. And so, um, she like got my dad and we all, um, prayed together. Um, yeah. And I asked Jesus to save me from my sins and to save me from my fears. And, um, that night for the first night in months and months, I slept peacefully, um, 
all night long, which is a total miracle and just mm-hmm. an amazing thing that God um, did for me. Uh, a passage that was really important to me then, and I still really love is Psalm 4. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last verse says, for I will both lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, Lord, make me live in safety. Mm-hmm. And that's always been like that whole um, Psalm is just my favorite. Um, but that's just totally my testimony, like that the, our only um, safety and peace is through Jesus. So that's how I came to know the Lord. Um, it definitely wasn't the last time I was ever afraid. Mm-hmm. Fear and anxiety is still um, something I struggled with pretty severely throughout high school and still something, you know, like that's still a part of like my personality and my story. But um, I know that I've never like been alone in that anymore. Like I have Jesus like as Emmanuel with me, like he, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't feel alone and afraid in that way, the same way anymore. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm going to read Isaiah 43. We talk again. Yes. We, this is something, and I, I can, I can testify to the fact that the Lord still uses that testimony in your life to encourage mm-hmm. others. Because I, I told you I dealt with some really serious fear a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, and and needed that encouragement. And and you had, uh, you had reminded me of of this passage. So I'm going to read it. Um, but now this is what the Lord says: He who created you, Jacob. He who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead, since you are precious and honored in my sight and because I love you. I will give people in exchange for you. Nations, in exchange for your life, do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Lead out those who have have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf, deaf, all the nations gather together and the peoples assemble. Which of their gods foretold this and proclaimed to us the former things? Let them bring in their witnesses to prove they were right so that others may hear and say it's true. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no god was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior." I have revealed and saved and proclaimed, I and not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from ancient days I am He. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? And so, and that's a, that's yeah, so such a good, comforting passage, like, and just a reminder, like, you are that witness. Like, we all have that witness of Him and what He's done. Um, and just, like, it talks, it says, the very last one says, yes, and from ancient days, I'm he. There's a song by Shane and Shane called Ancient, ancient days. days. If you're around me at all, you know, I, I sing it and play it all the time. But, um, yeah, it, it kind of reminiscent of this passage and such a good mm-hmm. song to, to uh, combat fear with. But, anyways, yeah. all that to say, the Lord still mm-hmm. uses that testimony, and it's just a beautiful testament to who he is. So, thank you for being faithful to share that. It's one of my favorite stories to tell. <laughs> yeah, as it should be. Amen. Um, 
Okay. So are there any other, like, if not, you, you don't, it's okay. But are there any other Ebenezer passages or anything else that like um, the Lord's reminded you of that just helped you in your walk with him? Anything he's taught you that you just go back to all the time or anything mm -hmm. he's teaching you currently? Yeah. Or both. Um, <laughs> I think, um, yeah. So my faith definitely like I was in fourth grade when I became a Christian um, definitely has grown a lot since then um, just from like understanding what like it means to follow Christ and stuff like that. So there's definitely a lot of those moments where I feel like I, you know, God has given me like a greater knowledge of like who he is and all that. Um, and coming to college was definitely like a big step for me because um, yeah, like during COVID, especially that was probably like the most difficult time in my life so far. Like, um, I just really like struggled with all that anxiety, um, and fear again. It just, it kind of came to another, like really, um, big point where I was just like, I don't know, like, I just felt like I was just powerless from all the, you know, everything that I was feeling. And it was just, you know, it felt like it was all in my head, but um, it felt so real at the same time. So yeah, I definitely um, started feeling a lot of bitterness and anger towards God. And I, when I got here to UT, I like, that was just at a peak. Like I was angry at God. I was, I was bitter. I was confused. I thought like, I followed you for this long and you healed me. Like in fourth grade, I thought, you know, that was a big moment where I saw like God do a miracle in my life and, you know, give me peace from my fears, but like they're back now. And I was like, I'm, I'm too old to be feeling like this. Mm -hmm. I've been a Christian for so long. Why am I not, you know, a good enough Christian to, you know, not feel this way. Um, and I also just didn't feel like, um, like anyone cared about that. I was like feeling that way, which was, which was hard. Um, so I was kind of in that really difficult place coming into college. Um, and I, you know, I knew I wanted to get involved with like a ministry. It was still something that was important to me, but you know, I would like, I would listen to worship songs and I would just, um, not roll my eyes, but kind of feel that like, man, like, I, I don't think I believe this anymore. Like it was really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and again and again, the Lord just, um, showed me his love for me and that he cared for me, um, which definitely, um, Isaiah 43 is a big part of that. Like I have called you by your name. You are mine. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was something I just didn't believe for a long time in high school. Um, not just that he saved me, but that he wanted to save me. You know, he, he, yeah. he said, he, the Bible says he chooses us. So, um, yeah, Isaiah 43 is definitely a big part of that. And, um, Romans eight, it's one of my favorite passages, but, um, the verse that says, um, you have not given us a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. We've given us the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba father. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he's given us like access to him in a personal way, yeah. not just, you know, like a, a God that we can like read about and talk to other people about, but a God that we can talk to ourselves, which yeah. um, was definitely something I had to learn coming to college. Um, and something I feel like I saw through the BCM, like I was not, 
I, I don't know. I just didn't trust like the love and the care that I was shown here at first. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think like the more time I spent, um, talking to Sam and like sharing my story with her, just like seeing the way that she like cared for me and stuff was so amazing and so beautiful. Um, and so I think that was definitely a big turning point for me. Like after like the first semester, um, God just gave me like a sense of his love again. Yeah. Um, which I'm, you know, so thankful for. And like, it's just such a beautiful thing to know that God loves us. And like, in that way we can show love to others. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, okay. Next question is how has your faith changed and or what has been the biggest challenge of your faith since coming to college? And you may have answered that with, mm -hmm. with that. So um, is there, has there, has there been anything else that has really challenged your faith um, or just changed it for the better? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I kind of did answer it a little bit, but um, I'll go a little bit more into it. Um, I feel like the biggest turning point for me freshman year was, um, over spring break, I went to Beach Reach, which is yes, like our. I wanted to bring up that trip because I. Yeah, that's when I really got to know you was at Beach Reach. Getting to kind mm -hmm. of, you're so quiet and mild mannered, but you're <laughs> just the sweetest spirit. So, but anyways, well, Beach Reach. That's sorry. sweet. But <laughs> yes, Beach Reach. Um, I definitely didn't plan on going on Beach Reach at first either. It was one of those things that, like, I just felt God telling me I should go, and like everything I read in Scripture was like, you know, you'll like just things about like following Jesus, like mm -hmm. you'll leave your family and, you know, all these things that are like comforts to follow me. And I wanted to, you know, be, go back home and like be comfortable and do things I wanted to do for spring break. But I just, I felt God saying like to go on this trip where for people who don't know what beach reaches, we go and we drive um, college students at Panama city beach. Um, like, to and from their like hotel places, wherever they're going mm -hmm. from 9 PM to 2 AM. Um, <laughs> you heard that right. <laughs> yes. Um, and have like gospel conversations with them. And I just, I thought like, wow, like that's kind of weird. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe kind of cool, like, but that's weird. Um, and God was like, well, you're going to go. So I was like, well, okay. you're going to be part of the weirdo. <laughs> yeah. And I was, um, so and you loved it. <laughs> I did. And I, I hadn't really been like a part of the community. It'd be a lot. Like I went to life group, which being in a life group was like the, the best thing for me freshman year, um, especially first semester, but getting more involved was amazing too. But at beach reach, um, we were, yeah, just like sharing the gospel with people, like hearing people's testimonies, praying for people all week long, um, and it was just kind of, uh, like an amazing thing to see, like God work through that in something that I thought was totally impossible. Um, and when I had really like my faith in God was super shaken at that point, it was like, I don't know, just God showing me that he does have the power to be, bring people from death to life. Mm -hmm. And that even though I was angry and bitter, um, against him, that he was still pursuing me. Yeah. Like he's pursuing other people at, you know, at the beach too. Um, but he was also pursuing me. 
Yeah. And he wanted that deeper relationship with me. Um, yeah. And that's when I met a lot of people to be at Taylor and um, got to know Sam a lot better at that trip. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that was a big time where I learned, I guess, like the importance of the gospel, like how it's not just like a cool story or like something that gives us, you know, peace when we're afraid, but it's like every second of the day we need the gospel yeah. and we like, it's so urgent to share it with people. Yeah. His mercies are new every morning. That's yeah. limit and limitations. That's one of my Ebenezer verses, just like abiding in him every single day. Like you said, like we get to, we get to go straight to him like every single day. Like we should be taking advantage of that. But like, we also need that mercy ourselves every single day and he is faithful mm -hmm. to give it. And it's just, yeah. Amen to that. Um, so when this episode comes out, we, it may be either a few days before we go to Beach Reach or when we're at Beach yeah. Reach. So any advice you would like to give to the people yes. listening to this who might be about to go to Beach Reach or at Beach Reach? Yeah. So it was really hard for me at first. Like I am not the type of person to just go up to someone and start talking. Mm -hmm. um, so it was super intimidating at first. I was really scared. But just take comfort in the fact that you're like you'll always be with other people on the trip, like with other people to share the gospel with and that are trying to, you know, have those kind of conversations also. And I think the biggest thing I was surprised about on the trip was how open people were to talking about spiritual yeah. things and their beliefs about God. Like, I just thought that people would think it was the weirdest thing ever that we were like, oh, like come in our van and talk about Jesus after you, you know, have gone to a bar or like wherever you're going, like going to a party or something. But like everybody that I talked to was so open and so like ready to talk about those things. Um, so that was really encouraging to me. So definitely don't be afraid to start spiritual conversations. Don't be afraid to like, you know, change the topic of conversation to those things. Cause people want to talk about those things. Like, I don't know. I feel like I know a lot of people who just hate small talk. They want to talk about the deep things in life that they're really thinking about. So mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to like just go there in your conversations. Um, yeah. And also just that prayer is so important and so powerful. Yes. Like that's a big thing that I learned on the trip. Um, yeah. So definitely yeah. just pray a lot and um, don't be afraid to follow um, the Lord where he's calling you to go, even if it feels scary at first. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I love going to Beach Reach because like there was a, a part of my, my story is like, I was the Christian girl who was caught up in a lot of that stuff, like at the bars and, and things. Yeah. And it's hard. It is so hard to, to share. But again, that's why this, the Psalm and 107 yeah. I shared at the beginning, like let the redeemed of the Lord say so, let them say what he's done. Um, because the Lord has been faithful to, to bring me out of, um, those lifestyles and like when every every year we go to beach reach it's just it's a challenge for me because of mm -hmm. that i'm like i know i'm gonna be um how do i say it reconfronted with mm -hmm. um a little bit of my past and but I, I have to remember like there are other people there who um are probably in the same boat that i was like either they're a believer and they're just like um you know, yeah. struggling and they need someone to 
just speak truth in their life in that moment or or they don't know him at all. And again, like they need to hear that the truth of the gospel. So, um, yeah, it's, um, mm-hmm. it's a legit trip. I'm excited for it. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Any, uh, any final thoughts, any final words you want to share with the people before we sign off? I don't have any more questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I just say, um, I think throughout like my story and just like my time at UT and time before that and stuff, like God has just proven himself to be faithful over and over and over again. Like, I feel like that's a big thing that he's teaching me right now. Like um, last semester, I feel like he just like gave me such a love for who he is and like his work and for missions and stuff like that. Um, And I was just like amazed again and again, like how much he loves us and cares for us. Like, and Romans where it says that he's constantly interceding for us. Like yeah. he just has, he cares for us so much and so deeply. And I just like was falling in love with Jesus. And then, um, and I was just praying like at that time, like help me to love you even more. Like what does it look like to really like show you that love that you've shown me back? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like kind of at the turn of like this semester, I kept coming to those verses like to, um, to love the Lord is to obey him. Like yes. the one who loves me will obey my commands. Oh my goodness. Yes. That um, came up in church this morning. Yeah. And it just, those verses came up again and again. And it was like, God was, you know, definitely answering my prayer. Like, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Yeah. Um, and you know, go where I'm sending you. So I think I've seen his faithfulness in answering my prayers and in, you know, showing me like, I, you know, I love you and care about you so much and I'm leading you to something new and it might be scary. It might be different, but you know, he's always in that just like he's, you know, he's always shown up in all those places of fear and discomfort in my life. Um, so I know he's, he's still Emmanuel. Like he was when I was in fourth grade, like he's still God Mm -hmm. with us. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned prayer. Yes. So, um, Mm -hmm. that's something that the Lord is really, uh, I feel like his, grown me in over the past few months um so tell us a little more about what you've you've learned i'd love to hear it (laughs) yeah um prayer has always been a hard thing for me just because i don't know i'm definitely type a like i like to go and do and like i don't know be busy and all that and prayer is like i know it can feel counterproductive to that like i have to sit and be quiet and like talk and listen you know um do all that stuff instead of like, you know, doing something that I might think is more productive, but Mm. like prayer in so many ways is definitely like a primary action. Like Jesus went and prayed. Like it is the more productive thing Yeah, (laughs) for long periods of time. Like he spent so much time praying um, that I've always thought like, man, like I should pray more, but it's been (laughs) kind of like a hard thing. Like, uh, how do I actually do that? Like, what is the purpose of it? Um, and yeah, I think it was last year at, um, leadership conference, actually, I went to like a breakout on, um, prayer mm-hmm. and it was just like, um, definitely an answer prayer in itself that like, you know, I was like, like help me to like enjoy prayer more or like, mm-hmm. act, like desire to pray, yes. um, to talk to you and to have this like relationship that isn't just about like doing things, but like spending time together. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the leaders from a different 
campus. Um, he said prayer is um, glorifying to God and edifying to us. Yes. So it's not just us asking God to do things for us, like a checklist, but, you know, it brings glory to God when we bring things before him. Um, we praise him in our prayers when, you're, when we're thankful, all that. Um, and also it's edifying to us. It reminds us who's in control, reminds us you know, to be grateful, to glorify the Lord, to remember the gospel and our testimony. So um, that's kind of like a shift in perspective that I had with prayer. Um, and since then, I've definitely like tried to be more intentional about like the time I take to pray. Um, I like to write out prayers sometimes just because it helps me to focus. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think the most encouraging thing that I've like in prayer to me is to see answered prayers, which yeah. the Lord doesn't always answer prayers in the way like we want him to, doesn't mm -hmm. always answer them in like a big, you know, crazy way or something like that. But um, I think seeing those answered prayers, even if it's like what I was talking about with um, like how I was praying for, you know, like God to give me a greater love for him. Mm -hmm. um, and then him, you know, pointing me again and again to scriptures about obedience, um, that obedience is love for him, was definitely an, answer, an answered prayer in itself. Yeah. Like, I'm not just saying these things, like, to the air. Like, God is hearing me mm -hmm. and answering me in personal ways. Um, so I think seeing that through prayer is definitely, like, really encouraging. Um, and again, like that verse in Romans, like, we can cry out to him. Like we can approach the throne of grace with the throne of with grace boldness. with boldness yeah. <laughs> um, because of Jesus's sacrifice. So I think um, those passages and definitely learning to just like cry out to the Lord whenever I need help. Like he has provided again and again through that and just to, you know, not have to worry about those things and to, and when I am worried to bring those before him, um, is just such a beautiful thing and something that I take for granted so much, but that, you know, like I'm always wanting to, you know, remind myself of the importance of it, mm -hmm. I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. It's um, like, um, and I, I love again, what you said about like to love him is to be obedient. Like literally our pastor this morning said the exact same thing um, at Wallace mm -hmm. and that's the truth. Like, if you love me, you'll keep my commands, not just in prayer, but in anything, anything like any step of obedience he asks you to take. Like it's, that's how you show your love for him is to say, yes, yeah. yes, Lord. Like mm -hmm. no questions asked. And sometimes, I mean, we're still sinful and our hearts still are still being sanctified. So yeah, obedience is never, I mean, it's still hard. <laughs> it never yes. gets like, I mean, I think I think it can get easier the more you walk in mm -hmm. it and where you walk in obedience, you kind of grow those muscles. Yes. And um, certain things I feel like are easier to say, mm -hmm. like yes to, but Oh yeah, true. Yeah. There are definitely times where I've been like, wow, like that's really hard, but I I know that like I want to show my love for the Lord in obedience. Um and I know like if it's God's plan, then that's the best that's the best thing. It is, yeah, absolutely. Amen to that. Yeah. Like yeah, I, there are sometimes like for me, especially lately, like as I've prayed and 
he's shown me what the next step is. Yeah. Um, I've had to really ask him to get my will in line with his. Yes. So that yeah. I can be obedient because there yeah. he's shown me areas where like my will was just not was not in line with what he wanted and my heart was not in line with his and um, I had to um, ask ask him to show me mercy and grace for that and help me to mm-hmm. to give him a yes and sometimes you give a scared yes yeah that's okay like you can you can mm-hmm. be a weak yes and still be a yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes those are uh can, they can be more humbling because it shows you your need for him mm-hmm. and for him yeah. to help you. Yeah. There's nothing good in us. Like I was thinking of the story of Jonah, like, you know, he ran away from God and then God literally had him, you know, in a storm, the fish or whale or whatever swallowed him. And then finally Jonah was like, like whatever, like I'll go to, the, go to Nineveh and preach the gospel. Like, I'll do it, God. And then he goes and like, like everyone is saved. Like <laughs> yeah. it's incredible. Like what an amazing thing to see. I know. And he is mad. Like he, he has is the, so mad. the best results of any prophet yeah. in the like, Old Testament. He's mad. And, and he's still mad. And I think that's like just an incredible picture to us of like we like on our own are just terrible. Like we are, we are not good. And God can do amazing things with us, but that's not because of our goodness. Like Jonah didn't change at all. Like he did obey God, which is what we're called to do. But with such like a bitterness <laughs> yeah. in his heart, like that was all the Lord's work. Those people were saved. Oh yeah. Jonah was, <laughs> Jonah was not feeling any love for them. It was all the Lord's love, but um, yeah. Yeah. And like <laughs> uh, somebody else has said before that, like God could have just asked someone else to go to Nineveh, but he yeah. didn't give up on Jonah. Mm-hmm. There was still a work to be done yes. in his heart. Which is, yeah, also encouraging. Like like he doesn't give up on us even yeah. when we're, even mm-hmm. as Christians, when we're like disobedient or don't want to do what he's called us to do. Like he he, he wrestles with us. Like he's a God who wrestles with us and yeah. enters into mm-hmm. our situation. Yeah, um, definitely. It just it's all really <laughs> hits home for me. Yes, <laughs> um, so much. But yeah, like he, he was still, he, he loved the, the Nineveh, and the Nineveh was not a, um, they weren't in, they weren't Israel. Like, that was a, yeah. a Gentile city. That was, I mm-hmm. think, one, one, if not the only place in the Old Testament where God tells someone to go to a Gentile city. And so, like, I think that's where mm-hmm. Jonah's bitterness came in. But God knew their hearts. He knew the situation. And I obviously he had the foreknowledge to know that they would repent if someone was sent to them, if someone yeah. told them. Um, so it just shows so much about God's heart to, to send people to draw others into um, repentance and a faith in him. Even now, like, you know, you think about like the nations, like going to the nations, like he, yeah, he, he has a heart for them, but he also like, is such a relational God with us where he invites us into what he's mm-hmm. doing and he doesn't give up on us yeah. when we're like not the most obedient. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just, he's so good. <laughs> he is. Yeah. That's so encouraging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Any, any final thoughts? <laughs> I don't have anything else. <laughs> uh-huh. I think that's, that's most of it. <laughs> I think the only last thing I would say is um, 
I um, if you haven't read *The Hiding Place* by Corey Ten Boom, you told me about this book. I, it's oh, on my uh, list. It. I was like, I have to mention this on this <laughs> podcast because I think everyone needs to read it. Um, but it's such an encouragement. It was. Um, it's about. Um, it's her Corey Ten Boom's autobiography about her time in Holland um, during the Nazi invasion, and she had Jewish people in her home, and then she ended up going to a concentration camp. Um, because of that and just seeing like the love of God and like the, his ability to, you know, give us love for others, even people that have done horrible things to us is just so beautiful. And I think, you know, God's power and power of prayer is definitely shown so much in her life that, um, I get so much encouragement from. So if you're looking for something to read, that is, um, my like favorite book. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need to read it. Um, so good. Hey, thanks for listening to BCM in the AM. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you're a college student at UT and want to get involved with our ministry, we're located at 1811 Melrose Avenue, and we would love to meet you.